0: Thanks for joining us all again. Finally back into the usual rotation, Jared. After a little bit of a sojourn into television with our coverage mm. of uh, slasher, flesh and blood. Tonight's episode, a little bit of western, a nineties western, Jared. 1993's Tombstone. But before we get to that, we've got we're jam packed here because we're going to cover what we've been watching. We're also going to do an up or down. I'd like to start with the up or down because I made some mentions of a teaser trailer the other day um, and uh, I was thoroughly unimpressed. But let's do an up or down on the full trailer of the I Know What You Did Last Summer TV series, which is coming to Amazon Prime in October. Is that not correct, Jared?
1: Yes. I think it's uh, about a week into October.
0: I believe James Wan is involved in this in some capacity, yeah, as a producer perhaps.
1: Walked past the set a couple of times. Said, "Yeah, yeah it looks okay." Um,
0: I believe he's also involved in as a producer on that. Um, There's someone in, in your house which is coming to Netflix next month mm-hmm. as well. What did you? What's your take on this one, up or down? Now you saw the teaser trailer. You were unenthused, if I remember correctly. Has the new? Has the full trailer got you got you going in any way?
1: Yeah, look, I was I was not not real uh, excited by the teaser. Look, my take on this, I mean, we've spoken before. I'm not a big fan of uh, the trailer for a trailer sort of teaser phenomenon for everything. I don't mind it for certain things, but for for every little movie, we seem to get a teaser and then you know th- teaser to the teaser the, and then the trailer and then the fucking I don't know. We seem to get fifteen trailers before we get to the thing, but. The teaser was just—I mean, it almost turned me off. It, which is going to have to be out. I almost came out of the teaser and said, "I'm not watching that." <laughs> the full trailer hasn't given me any anything to sort of latch onto. To be to be blunt, it looks like it's going to be rubbish. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to watch it, of course. But if we were going up or down, it's a huge down. I don't know how you could be anything other. Yeah,
0: I'm a bit the same. I, I couldn't even really tell if it was a slasher or not. It, it, it just it seemed to be very much trading on sort of teenage drama. Mm-hmm. Uh And. The acting in the trailer looked fucking abysmal.
1: Yeah, do we seem to have so much of the trailer at this party? The neon soaked party.
0: Yeah, they're in fucking Club Hell. Michael <laughs> <a businessman. laughs> He yeah, walked this past is the, the set one day and said, "Oh, I'll take
1: over." This <laughs> is their second location. It's on the water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Club Hell on the on the water. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, it just, it, it just seems. I just, I don't know, we, we at least we got a little bit of the, the actual kind of the basis of the story this time around. We did see mm. a little bit of the aftermath of the accident, but it just, I don't know, it just seemed like nothing in there was giving you all that much... Beyond that, it just seemed to be these these fucking scenes of the party. Then we've got the whole sister thing, which again, you know, I don't I don't think you have to be beholden to the book or the or the previous movie. But no. as soon as I saw that the name Madison Eisman seems to be playing twins, that was the sort of subplot in the movie and the book for Helen. Mm. But Madison Eisman seems to be the main character. So I don't know if she's Julie or or if they're pushing Helen to the front or whether they're just not even going to be using those names. But I look at that shift and I think you know, it just concerns me that we're going to be more caught up in that sort of shit than the actual slasher basis of the show. And,
0: look, my hope, and I've got my fingers crossed, is that it's just bad marketing. It's yeah. just really bad marketing and then when we actually get to it, it will play out somewhat the way we we hoped. But the trailer just looks, I mean, it just, it didn't absolutely nothing for me, nothing at all. No, same. All I could think of was, well, I don't have Amazon Prime, so I won't have to worry about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as I said, prepaid, so I'll I'll check it out. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely
0: a thumbs down. It. It's a thumbs down
1: for me at this, at this stage. This is, the way I look at it is that, is that, people like um, you and I are the people who are going to watch this shit regardless. Mm. So you don't have to worry about us. So I was looking at, you know, maybe we're looking for something that isn't quite there. So I was kind of you know, wondering what other people were thinking about the trailer, but I, don't, I didn't see it being particularly well received many places really. So I, well, I have concerns.
0: I... Go back to what you said about the, t- the teaser, which was you've got to get new people through the door. These shows are about getting subscribers. Correct. Now, if, if I was on the fence and, and I wasn't a horror fan, I'm on the fence to get, to get an Amazon s- subscription, I'm thinking I know what you did last summer might be the thing that drags me in. I see those trailers and I go, nah, I'll keep my 10 bucks a
1: month. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Why,
0: and why would I waste my time? I'll wait and see if the reviews are any good. And if it just so happens I was wrong because the trailers were bad, all right, I might reconsider. But I'm not going to jump immediately. No, I don't know. It just it just didn't work for me. So yeah, I'll definitely be uh,
1: at the moment. I'll be steering clear of it. Especially in the, the sort of culture now, it's it's like you know, there's so much out there, that, and even something that hits has this this sort of brief window, right? Seems like we talk about it for a week and then we're on to the next thing. So Yeah. If you haven't grabbed this early, like if the first episode comes out and people are going, eh, and your trailer hasn't hasn't got you a bunch of subscribers, I'm just kind of looking at it, going, I'm not sure this is gonna do the trick. Again, I don't work in marketing for Amazon. They have pumped probably billions <laughs> into you know, researching the market and whatnot, but I just, just for the eye test for me, didn't pass it at all. No. And look, the premise
0: works as a slasher, it has to be a slasher for me.
1: Because oh, of the premise course. works as a slasher film. I don't understand why you do it if, if that's not what you're doing.
0: Yeah. I think they are doing that, Jared. I think they did, they showed enough in the trailer to suggest that that's what's going on. Because I yeah, think we do see a shadowy figure in what looks you do. to be a hoodie at one point. You do point. see it a
1: couple of times. You do see a couple of the messages being delivered and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point doing it if, if you're not doing that otherwise. Like both of us having read the book and, you know, seen the, seen the movies, you're not doing it unless that's what you're going for. That's, that's what you're, ca- you're cashing in on, the name and, and the, the history of that. Yeah,
0: agreed. But, yeah, it's definitely a no for me at this stage.
1: No, oh, well, let's it. I, it's, it's a yes for me, but <laughs> oh, my thumb is firmly down while I'm walking in the door.
0: <laughs> well, you can tell me what the first episode was like. If you say hmm. to me, look, it's worth a look, I'll find a way to get it. <laughs>
1: hmm. I think you need to be listening to more reputable sources, but I'm happy to give yeah, you my feedback.
0: I <laughs> I'll, I'll sign up for a seven-day free trial. <laughs>
1: Get out of here. You knock on my door and you say, can I just borrow that, uh, just borrow that password for a minute?
0: What are you doing today?
1: <laughs> have you got a, a day available to watch this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though we're in lockdown, I'll say, look, I'll, I'll let you in the back room. There's an Apple TV there. Just don't, don't come inside. <laughs> All right. What have you been watching? What do you got? Have
0: you got a decent schedule? We've been in lockdown for a while
1: now. Yeah, well, I have got a decent (laughs) schedule. I've been watching plenty. TV-wise, I finally got onto Chapel Weight. Watched, I think I've knocked over four episodes so far. Really enjoyed it. I think it was really good. Adrian Brody, excellent. Emily Hampshire is really good. They sort of take some time early on. I really like that. Uh, I I haven't sort of... um, I haven't got deep into what's happening, but I'm just starting to hit those episodes now. But from what I've seen so far, I think it's really good, especially given that they've dug it out of, what, 30 pages in the short story? Only about 35 yeah, pages? something like that. It's not long. Fuck, Stephen could sell anything these days, couldn't <laughs> he? Like, he, he
0: is fucking scribbling on a napkin and somebody's <laughs> fucking hanging around looking for it. Yeah, we can make yeah.
1: something out of this. Can you imagine? I, mean, I don't want to get morbid, but can you imagine when he dies? People are going to be there'll be publishers <laughs> ringing up, going, "Has he got any letters? Did he write any letters <laughs> to anyone?" That, that could be. obviously? the fucking
0: exact definition of picking over a fucking a <laughs> yeah. corpse.
1: Yeah. It will be the great un- thing un- is it will be
0: just a f- he'll have shit dredged up from fifty years ago.
1: Yeah. The, the great thing is the guy's got so much that can be, you know, revisited again and again. We're already doing that with some success and he's got, he's still got a lot that is, you know, that hasn't been, hasn't been worked into this sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm really pleased with it because I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of, didn't have, you know, super high hopes for it because obviously there wasn't a hell of a lot to go into 10 episodes from 35 odd pages, but they seem to have done really well. I haven't read the story, but really, really enjoying the show so far. So I would give that a recommend. Got a little bit nostalgic and watched the, you know, watched a little bit of Beware the Batman and another He Man show that showed up on Netflix. I, I sat down with the kids and watched that. Bit of fun. How was that? It's actually better than I expected. Very, very different. Like they've made some big, big changes. But the kids really liked it, and it's all CGI. Yeah, yeah bit of fun. The big one I got onto, which a lot of people seem to have been watching lately, I jumped onto it pretty quickly. Was um, Squid Game on Netflix? Oh yeah. So it's a Korean one that's sort of like, it's got a bit of a Hunger Games sort of vibe. Um, It's essentially people sort of playing children's games, but that sort of for survival idea. Really liked it. I finished the season. I think it's only nine episodes. had a lot of fun with it. There's definitely a few plot holes here and there, but it's certainly pretty gripping from episode to episode. You know, when you start... Um, not to go too deep into spoilers, but it's pretty pretty obvious when you get into a game with however many people that you're going to start whittling them down. I think they did a pretty sure. good job of developing some relationships and sort of making you care for certain people and then, you know, twisting the situations. And there's some points that really kind of make your heart sink in there. There always seems to be something about these kind of deadliest games, sort of, um, you know, hunting people or hunger games, kind of battle royale style things that seemed to work just just the, the premise in general uh but yeah I was, I was pretty pretty happy with it
0: i mean i i'll never forget the one that had stone cold steve austin in it, it
1: Oh, of course.
0: Condemned. yeah yeah i forgot it shot and shot and quayside yeah Fucking <laughs> like a ripper
1: Good lord <laughs> i mean look Actually, it even isn't that bad even jcvd couldn't derail that stuff Even he got it to work to some level. Yeah, yeah, to some degree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! If he had brought that
0: fucking crazy mallet with him, he probably (laughs) would have gone a lot bit further with it.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, obviously, I'm still punching through The Office. I'm nearly at the end of that, sort of using it as a palate cleanser for all the horror and stuff I've been watching. You know, you <laughs> see all the horrific violence in Squid Game, and then you chuck on an episode of The Office and laugh at people did, being dildos in The did Office The Office
0: Has The Office, has it dwindled a little?
1: Yeah, so I've, just, I've hit the, t- the last two seasons where Steve Carell was, was finished up. And they kind of
0: interchanged, didn't they? They interchanged a couple of different
1: people. Yeah, there was a few people in and out of there, but it suffers a little bit from similar ones that we've spoken about before, something like scrubs and the old what I like to refer to as the janitor problem where, a, you know, a beloved sort of character who's a bit quirky in the background, just it just has to keep upping and upping.
0: Well, and Boyle I mean, was another one like that in um, yeah,
1: Brooklyn Yeah, Boyle's 99. the same. Boyle suffered a little bit from that. They kind of have that issue with, I, f- I feel like they have that issue with Kevin. He seems to be a bit more prominent at the moment, whereas some of the, the other background characters you ha- you're happy to see a little bit more of and they don't, they don't go too too silly. Yeah. Kevin seems to be suffering from the janitor problem, from what I can see so far, and it's it's uh, you know we go from the highs of season four, where where the Holly character um comes in and is led to believe that he's he's slow, which is just pure gold in certain episodes and fits the whole cringe worthy premise. Him? No, 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 no. Kevin's the, the um I think his name's Brian ba- Baumgartner, the the big bald oh. fella. Oh yeah. Who's always who's always eating and you know they're making jokes about his weight and how he's a bit slow and he's the way he talks and things like that. So they went from, yeah, season four, the highs of that, where she's treating him like he's he's slow. And it really fits with this whole cringe kind of stuff that that Michael Scott was was perfect for, to this season where he's just constantly in it and just saying things that are just outwardly trying to sort of, you know, get those, those laughs for being so ridiculous. I mean, I still like the character, but it's, it's just sort of pressing a little bit that direction, but overall, like I still think that even those episodes of the show, the the standard of the comedy is still very high compared to some of the other stuff that was around at that, at that point. I mean, I think the show is just, it's great. I love the show. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to kick it too, too much for those seasons. There's not much you can do when people leave the show and they continue on, but yeah, still still working through, as I said, a bit of a palate cleanser for some of the stuff that I watched. So getting into yeah. that, the movies, I had Here a fair bit going on there. had a fair bit going on. So the first one is, is Val. I mentioned that I'd sort of started to watch it but yeah. hadn't got to finish it. I did get to finish it. Really good watch. I think if you're a fan of movies and you've seen Val Kilmer in any sort of level of stuff, it's just worthwhile watching to get a bit of that behind-the-scenes stuff. As we spoke about, it does gloss over his difficult reputation a little bit. You actually see a little bit of that on the Isle of Doctor Moreau, but they kind of put it onto Frankenheimer a little bit. But yeah, it's it's a good watch. It's a really interesting watch.
0: I I, I don't know, you know. And again, I haven't seen Val, and I'm, you know, I'm going to sing his praises today. I can guarantee you of that. But I I would tend to believe that that Doctor Moreau doco that was on Netflix to how difficult he was.
1: Yeah, because there were I quite think a few can,
0: people who said he was
1: difficult. I think you can see it just from the way that he acts in certain other portions of it. I think you can read into it that he probably would be a little bit difficult. And I think yeah. it comes down to again the whole thing about I do this for my art, and you you know if you if you are getting in the way of me delivering a great performance, then I'm just going to be a bit of a bit of a prick. If if you saw me in in a general sort of interaction with someone, you might might strike me as a bit of a prick. I think that's what it comes down to, right? There's just, just this different kind of view of the world that it's okay to treat other people a little bit off for the sake of a good performance. And I, you know, yeah. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's all that right. I agree. No. I, I appreciate the effort that he puts into those roles, but I also don't think it's too much to um, – I mean, if Tom Cruise can muster a reputation as a really good guy around set – yeah. I think you could too. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Tom's, Tom's got yeah. Tom's got fucking Scientology to badger you with,
1: and yet he's still a good bloke on set. Oh, exactly. I'll take it. Yeah, give me the. Pamphlets. Tom's asking you. Right. Tom's, Tom's asking you to have a little read through his Dianetics pamphlets. <laughs> yeah. Sure, mate. Sure. I'll, 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 but he's I'll still a right. better bloke than you are. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather be pestered by the bloke with the Dianetics books who wants me to fucking hold on to these little metal handles, put something on my head and start talking about my the traumas in my life over and over, and then ask me for 3000 bucks for another session. <laughs> he, I'd rather go and have a feed with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he's inviting me out for a night, I'm going. your <laughs> <If hell> is... <laughs> I'm getting cagey. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Val. I'm running some lines. <laughs> shit, shit, mate. I've got, I've got a seminar to get to. <laughs> yeah, I've got another seven chapters of Hubbard uh-huh. to read before
0: I talk to Tom
2: tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've really got to break the back of Battlefield Earth. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry, mate. You'll have to, you'll have to go solo there. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, like, how- I suggested I brought, I brought it up when you first brought it up that he's kept in line when he's dealing with certain levels of actors. You know. Correct. You know. Correct. i I'll put it this way, mate. Uh, yeah, Tombstone, and as I said, I'm going to sing his praises in Tombstone. He's fucking fantastic. But Kurt Russell's not putting up with that shit.
1: I can <laughs> no. fucking
0: guarantee. No. It.
1: Kurt, Russell, Kurt Russell's treating you like the bloke who was trying to get the horse off the tra- the train. If you're yeah, going to exactly. call that's what it is. the fucking Christ out of <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. But yeah, it was a good watch. And it, look, I actually felt a there's a kind of humility to it when they had when they show him going to conventions and shit to make a crust because he essentially the the voice thing is is hurting his his ability to to Act. do acting roles.
0: Yeah, and that's sad to see because, look, say what you want about him, but he's a talented bloke.
1: He was. He was a very good actor. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a decent watch. I think I mentioned that I was going to go back to the uh, the two, to the Candyman movies. Yep. Obviously, I can't get on to part three because nobody wants to feed that fucking thing. But
2: <laughs> I, got,
1: I, I, I went back and watched one and, one and two again. Yeah.
0: And we all know Obviously, one's a gem.
1: Yeah, that's really it's really elevated in my opinion in the last decade or so. Then every time I watch it, I really I really dig it. I think it deserves its spot right up next to some of the best. Mm. The second one's actually not bad. I like the way it expands the mythology a little bit and has it has a couple of sort of flashbacks. The, this, the other elements are fairly you know they're, they're fairly cut and dry, sort of copied off the off the first one. But it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah. I jump back onto the Back to the Future, Adam, for some reason.
0: Strangely enough, uh, so
1: did I. Absolute classic. Just oh, fucking classic. Still still does the job. Still does the job. I need to, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch through two and three. Before I do that, though, my recollection is I, I used to have a fairly uh, controversial opinion that I, I used to love part two, but I, I would fucking swear black and blue to anyone that wanted to talk about it that part three is better than part two. Yeah, I agree. So I, think I am going to. think part two's the one that's not that good. I yeah I agree you. like and it's it's you know obviously the things like the hoverboard and all that are, are great memories, but I always loved part three a lot more. I just felt it was a better story in general, but I'll revisit that conversation over the next week i would I imagine. think
0: it's because if i if i'm you know I haven't seen two for a while, but I think it's because two jumps all over the map it jumps all over the time map so yeah, it does it's harder to pin down the story whereas three he ends up in in the Wild West, and it's
1: just they, they stay there, you know. Yeah, and, and sort re- like of re- recreate the similar, recreate the similar vibes. But yeah. as you said, it's in that consistent location. Yeah, I yeah, I love Part Three. I'm looking forward to going back to that and sort of, you know, checking in on that on that uh, argument again. I just decided to go back to the Romero zombie film. Yeah, so I took a couple of departures too. I watched Night of the Living Dead. The original, yep. fantastic stuff. Fantastic. Enjoyed it more this time than I have previously. I think I'd only seen it once or twice prior, but I was quite young, so this time around I was really kind of hit by all the all the fucking simmering tensions going on in the house and shit. I really enjoyed it. Mm. I backed that up with watching Tom Savini's version. And how was that? And I was look, I was pre- pleasantly surprised because I'd actually i'd i'd heard a few things that it was just a just rubbish, but. It's far from it. I actually think it's really good. Tony Todd, excellent. It doesn't hold up to the original, but I actually reckon some of the changes they decide to go for are pretty good. They they actually make a couple of neat little twists that are kind of worthwhile if you're going to be trying to tread similar ground. I think yeah. the big thing against it is the, can't remember his name now, is it Cooper, the asshole kind of guy that wants to go into the basement? Mm. He's... Almost a caricature in this one. He's so over the top. Whereas in the original, there was kind of a bit more shade and there was a couple of parts where you thought, no, he's going to he's gonna come good here. He's going to do the right thing. Um, whereas in the new one, it was just never there. I actually also had a quick look at, <laughs> because it's so interesting with all the, the rights issues and basically anyone can make a version of it, yeah. I had a look at the one that the... I can't remember who it was. Was it the other was it the other guy that wrote it with Romero or someone like that? No, he John tacked Russo. on it Yeah, yeah, I think it was Russo's version. He tacked on a couple of scenes. Oh, no. Was he involved with the Return of the Living Dead? Was that his stuff? Like, oh, anyway. No, maybe, I don't. Know. I think he was involved with that. I can't really remember the ins and outs, but essentially somebody that was involved in the original, because the rights were were public domain. They tacked on this 15 minutes of extra footage about I think it was only about 15 years ago, maybe maybe around that, maybe even less. But you can see it on YouTube. So yeah. I kind of just had a quick look at the 15 minutes. It's it's an absolute shambles. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. So check, you know, there's this priest character. There's the, they got the they got the original zombie back to fill in some scenes about where he kind of shows up and. It's an absolute no. disaster, but anyway. I watched Possessor, uh which showed up on Shutter.
0: Oh, which is that is, the um David Cronenberg son?
1: Yes, yeah. Look, visually bloody spectacular and some really, was, um, really good. Was pus. David telling his son that he'd seen better movies in the toilet? <laughs> yeah, I reckon he might have been. <laughs> no It's not bad. It's not bad. It's um look, much like David. Uh, I'm probably not the target audience because there's parts <laughs> where I'm sitting there like fucking Homer Simpson and um, just just going over uh, my head. But look, there was there was definitely parts of it that I, I thought were really sort of captivating, really, really kind of stunning to watch. But I think it just it's felt like it got a little bit muddled on on what was going on in certain portions. But yeah, definitely worth a look. Uh, I jumped back onto Mortal Kombat too, the uh, the new version. I had a quick look at that. Just sort of had a quick rewatch. I thought still very enjoyable. Dumb as a post in certain parts. Like it's just mm. very, very uh, silly. Plays a little bit fast and loose with some of the mythologies. But yeah, I still, I still very much like certain aspects of it. And I would fucking, I would. Knock the doors down to the cinema to to watch a sequel tomorrow. Alien, working my way through that that series again as well, but just knocked over the first one to start with. Great, as always. Not much need to be said there. I watched hmm. Becky. I watched ah, Becky, yes. finally. What was your take on that? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty down the line. You get what you expect, but Kevin James is better in that than in a lot of stuff I've seen him in. I felt, I felt he yeah. was... Uh, Quite solid there.
0: There's actually quite a bit of menace to the boat when he.
1: Yeah, there. Is. I thought when he, he sort of channels it pretty in that well. direction. Yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty solid. Uh, one of my favourites, Joel McHale, was uh, I couldn't take him seriously. <laughs> so Neither could I. That was a little bit tough, but uh, yeah, I I enjoyed that. I watched Adam, one of our old favourites, Bowfinger. I had, the, I had the opportunity to have a look at um, that again. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, <mate. laughs> I couldn't make so, I, Look, I still got plenty of laughs out of it. Steve Martin is just great. <laughs> <laughs> the part where you know Heather Graham's character sleeping with everybody, and he takes her, takes her out, and he says, "We, you know, we're finished, we're through." You're sleep sleeping with everyone. She goes, "What's wrong with that?" He goes, "I hadn't thought about it that way." They just walk back inside. (laughs) You just get that sort of humour all the way through from Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy underrated performance. Back into the sort of genre fair. Couple of full moon features. I had a I had a look at. Well, is I, I, I have to, I have to blame you for for telling me that Tubi was available for free. So now I'm <laughs> trawling through Full Moon features on Tubi. I watched the two Oblivion movies, which are <laughs> the the kind of space western ones. Like uh, you have to watch, you've got <laughs> to watch George Takei's performance as the the Doctor. It is just. I mean I know he's not taking it too seriously but it is unbelievable to watch <laughs> what's being fucking put on film there. <laughs> oh, so George. yeah if you go, if you got any interest in the full moon stuff it's probably not not a bad way <laughs> to spend a little bit of time. All right. Netflix horror. I watched Nobody Sleeps in the Woods tonight. Yeah. It was okay. It's pretty pretty gory in in parts. It was pretty derivative and 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 uh, purposely, so, I think it was trying to sort of uh, pay homage to a few of those a few of those particular movies, but there was certain I just felt there was all these it kept sort of going in a direction and then just not really following through. I never felt like any of it really was all that well followed through I think there 's a sequel ready to ready to rock and roll I think that that 's coming pretty soon as far as i 'm aware, which I would check out for sure. But I don't think I could say it's. A, I mean, if you like that stuff, you're gonna watch it. If you like the slashes, if you like the old Friday the Thirteenth, you're gonna have a look. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. But it's it's not a it's not a jam. Same goes for a classic horror story. I watched that one as well. Not bad. A little bit more so kind of deviating deviating from the from the the standard a little bit. It's trying to be a little bit meta and trying to trying to throw some twists in there. Works out okay at some parts. It feels kind of like midsummer light. Some parts of it work okay. The unfortunate thing was there was a, a particular angle that they take that you see coming a mile off. Like you just, you just see it coming an absolute mile off. And it kind of ruined it a little bit for me. And there was also this sort of tacked on bit at the end that it was just a little bit confusing as to what they were trying to say. So I didn't, uh, I didn't particularly rate it all that highly, but I was happy to, I was happy to actually pick, uh, <coughs> pick something correctly after Slasher Adam. It was like, uh, it was like getting onto a, you know, onto a nice par three after just finishing up on a, on a par I, five where I'd hit one or two nice. Yeah, I, you know, we'd hit it, we'd played a dog leg five where I played one or two nice shots, but then, you know, when I just needed to chip onto the green, I fucking hit it over the top and landed in the drink and then fucking hit it into a bunker. And So it was nice to get back onto a par three and just fucking knock that straight down the line, you know, hole out yeah. pretty quickly. And the last one I watched, uh, I know I've gone on a fair bit here, but as, as, as with you, you know, we're in lockdown. <laughs> We've got a bit yeah. of time for this. I watched Books on Netflix, which was marketed as sort of like a, a gateway horror one it was okay i I watched it with my kids who actually got a bit fucking freaked out by it. my son actually when we finished it up he turned around and said i'm not sure that was gateway horror there was a couple of fucking scary elements in there for a pg movie but again neat neat little par three (laughs) it was, no, no, <laughs> you, you could sort of see what was going on, but it was a nice little kind of inventive story. And when you get to the end of it, you can see it's kind of taking taking some nods from some classics and putting putting their own little twist on there. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. It was a nice little way to finish up the week there, Adam. Nice. All
0: right, that sounds like a pretty decent uh, couple of weeks on your ass.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I have, I've, got, I've got nothing to live for other than Netflix at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they are stacking it big in October. There's all sorts of shit out in October.
1: Yep, yep.
0: So I'll be propped up on the couch. I've got some leave coming to me too. <laughs> 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 me and my wife decided to do a lockdown film. We, do, we thought we'd do lockdown classics. So every night we'd watch a, a classic film. So just to this, – this is – I'll probably just power, power through these because, they're, you know, we all know these. We basically went Greece, Shawshank Redemption, Back to the Future, Coming to America, Breakfast Club, Scream, Jaws, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Terminator 2, uh, Short Circuit, and Die Hard all in the last couple of weeks. Mm. I'll tell you what, all of them, pretty damn good. Shawshank Redemption jumped into my top five after watching it, having having not watched it for a little while. Yeah. Just fucking great movie. Just
1: yep.
0: such a good movie. Terminator 2 was also one that I hadn't watched for a while.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
0: Fucking absolutely ripping <laughs> film. Such a good movie. And, you know, um, a couple of the others, you know, as per usual, your Jaws. As you. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade I went for because I hadn't seen that in a while, and I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I just wanted to see how it ended again, and I thought the third one is really good.
1: Yeah. I need you to elaborate on Short Circuit. You said all of them were pretty Sh- good.
0: Oh, <laughs> Short Circuit was more of a, a nostalgia piece. Yeah. I didn't particularly think it was that good on review. It was okay. It's just kind of like not, not much happens.
1: How does, you know, like does, um, does Fisher Stevens hold
0: <laughs> Not well, uh, especially <laughs> especially when he makes a fucking comment. At one point, Stevie Gutenberg tells him, yeah, me and this girl were talking and we were getting pretty well acquainted. And... Uh, Stevens pipes up with, "Oh, I've got a massive boner right now." <laughs> I'm just like, "What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> and last time I checked, last time I checked, Fisher Stevens did not come from fucking India. No,
1: did he? <laughs> so, no, far, far from it. But- <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking hell. So, yeah, possibly not the best. You know what though? It was funny because I was watching when we were watching Short Circuit, I was like I said to my wife, Steve Gutenberg was the king of the eighties. He had four franchises going at the same time. <laughs> yeah. He had Short Circuit, he had Cocoon, he had fucking Three Men and a Baby, and he had Police Academy. And they mm. were all going on at the same time. I mean Gutenberg was the biggest star in Hollywood. <laughs>
1: Possibly a stretch, but he, look, he yeah, was going he all was. right. The he movies was. The successful. He was doing fine.
0: Yeah. Once the 90s, once the over of the 90s, Steve hit the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like a marathoner. He's 35 K's in. <laughs> he <laughs> backed it up on him.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, he could barely get work after that. I believe he turned up in a couple of TV smut films as well. (laughs)
1: Look, it's always a fallback (laughs) if you've got bills to pay. (laughs)
0: No, smut pays bills, yes. (laughs) And apart from that, I did (laughs) Walking Tall, the payback, Jared. (laughs) What is your immediate response to that? A
1: lot about watching Walking Tall. <laughs> the pain, because I'm just thinking about all the wonderful, wonderful content out there that you could be engaging in, and you decided to watch a Kevin Sorbo movie.
0: <laughs> Look, yeah, you know the worst part about it is Walking to Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> no, the original Walking Tall's not even that good. So I
1: was, I was like,
0: why was I associating myself with the sequel? I don't
1: know. They had a totally there different is a, cast. There is a third one, so I'm sure you you can track that down yeah. and have another look too. Kevin Sorbo's in that one too. Yeah, so. I, look, I, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm watching Oblivion films that yeah, uh, require required George Cicada utter lines like Jim beat me up, so I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't. I can't judge. Now nah, look, Walking Tall: The Payback was a standard
0: directed DVD sort of actioner that doesn't do anything particularly well. <laughs> it's surprising. I also think they might have got the casting wrong. <laughs> yeah, <possibly. laughs>
1: What do you do if you are making a film and they come back, the casting people come back and say the best we can, the best we can do is is Kevin Sorbo? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. When you're a your you producer it, and you're told to, in a phone conversation Kevin Sorbo's available, Sorbo's <laughs> happy to
1: attach himself.
0: <laughs> what do you do there? Oh, yeah. oh, do geez. you put it in turnaround? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I no, know I do. I put it immediately and turn around and say, oh, no, no. We're, we're, not, we're going away from a walking tour sequel. Kevin's available for anything, though.
1: I say, uh, sorry, you've got the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is 912. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so look, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Um, so and I wasted my fucking precious ninety minutes on that. I watched Heels episode three.
1: Oh yeah, I actually watched them too. I I, I gotta yeah. say that's my that's my favourite show at the moment. Taking a hiatus. It's not taking a hiatus.
0: fucking Jesus! It'll be my least favourite show soon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Only, only one week. As I said to you, if it stretches any more, or if I have to go through the rest of season one with a hiatus, I'm going to be filthy.
0: Listen, when you've got ten episodes in the can, you put them out.
2: I don't, when, I don't, did when did this become a thing?
0: When did it become a it? thing? It's a thing on fucking free to air television because they want to keep you around. It's not a thing on streaming. Although, are these free to air shows?
1: Yeah, this I know is Walker on- is. Yeah, yeah. This is this is for us. It's coming from. Is it stars in the US? Yeah. So they're free. But to even wear. so, even so, you've got a season. It's called a season because you you punch out some, you know, a, a ten to twelve consecutive episodes. Karen, you, you know don't where fucking hit from. me with a mid season break. Or
0: <laughs> it came from that fucking shit that you used to watch. Those fucking superhero shows. Yeah, they, they were the fucking pricks it. who started doing that.
1: Oh fuck! Yeah, true. But I'm not pleased with it.
0: No, I'm fucking.
1: I'm I'm absolutely dirty. I'm filthy.
0: I would say as filthy as I was when I was watching Walking Tall, the payback. <laughs> 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 That's another story, though. And the last thing I watched, I managed to get my hands on a short, short period of Paramount Plus. And I mm. can let you know right now, not worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> but there was, uh, I, t- I remember telling, saying uh, a little while back that I watched Nancy Drew, Yep. the first season of Nancy Drew. The second season was on there, so I thought, all right, I'll have a look at the first episode of season two. I said this mm. at the time, Nancy Drew is not a show that should be rooted in fucking supernatural elements. No. Have you not understood the property that you have? <laughs> it's supposed to be like Veronica Mars. That's what Nancy Drew should be, is Veronica yeah. Mars. Fucking stupidity. The kind of crap that was going on in the first episode. It's got this fucking monster that's attacking her out, in this shadow monster, and I'm just like, what, am I, what are we doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think it needs a mid-season hiatus? It, it, needs, a fucking,
0: it
1: needs a hiatus. Well, it was, it just, it was CW, mid-season. wasn't it? I thought, yeah. well, no, maybe, well, if it was CW, it probably already had six six small yeah. breaks yeah. pushed yeah. out over, to, the, over the
0: over the season. There's a three-month break between episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's your call with Paramount Plus? We're, we're like, is it is nah. it a situation where, you know, in – um. In a in a couple of weeks time I might be getting six months free Paramount Plus when I next buy ten gallons of petrol in Texaco <laughs> Station or <something>
2: like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, but I can tell you right now, based on that Rowan Atkinson skin I'd rather the eight millimeter Pulling Ray Fair call. Look, Paramount Plus has got nothing nothing substantially great on it. Look, there's a couple of shows I wouldn't mind watching, like American Rust and stuff like that, but Netflix is just punching out content left and right and centre. Like, I can't keep up with fucking anything.
1: (laughs) I know. And Disney Plus, when they hit... It's a little bit different because they've got a catalogue that, you know, obviously kids are want to, going to want to go back through, so you got that yeah. market. And then they, they, threw had a couple Star in, and, they threw Star in like six months well, ago. That's right. But when they launched, you knew within a very short amount of time you were going to be watching The Mandalorian, which you were not yeah. going to get anywhere else. You knew that you had the Marvel movies, some of which, you know, uh, weren't weren't that all that far out of cinemas, so there was yeah. there was some real big ticket things where you were like, yeah, that'll get me over the line and they've consistently punched out new stuff from those big properties and good stuff. I look at Paramount Plus and, like you said, I saw something like American Rust and I thought, yeah, I might watch that if it was on one of the pre-existing fucking seven streaming services that <laughs> yeah. I already pay for, but I'm not buying Paramount Plus for that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything else on there. If it's a movie that I really like, I've probably, I've probably already got it. So the movie side of things isn't really going to get me over the line. I need new content, and they just don't have it at the moment. No, and as I've sort of indicated, it's
0: like Apple, Apple, Apple. Is it Apple Plus or Apple TV or whatever? Apple TV Plus. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me Morning Wars. You know, Morning Wars is our big ticket. What? (laughs) You know, like. Stuff like that, again, I might watch Morning Wars if it was on Netflix. Yeah. But I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to get Apple TV because of something like that. You know, that was what yeah. they were selling me. When, I, when it first came, that was their big thing. They were saying this. So I remember when my daughter got uh, a, a new phone, so she got a year's subscription to it. Yeah. And so we did a quick whip through and there was just nothing on it.
1: Yeah, there was like, nothing. nothing. I actually, I cashed that in. I cashed in a year's, a year's free and I ha- I've never watched it. I haven't watched so anything. You, you, on you,
0: you, you had, you've had it for a year and you never I haven't had it, it for a it,
1: year. I haven't had it for a year. I've had it for probably six months, I think. And you never I, I you've watched never it. it. They're only just now something like Ted Lasso. I'm like, oh, okay. I might actually you know bite the bullet and actually watch that. But yeah. prior to that, I have not watched a thing. They couldn't even get me across the line for Amazing Stories, so, yeah. Yeah, because it was shit, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, I heard it was not not great, so.
0: It would not be one that i would be picking up. Considering I've got six others, I think I'll I'll stick with what I've got. Mm. Uh, and, and as I said, Netflix just seemed to have this... They have just uh putting out content left and right like de- you can't turn around without finding something on there that oh shit this has just been dropped randomly I, I would have liked oh you know I really want to check this out
1: yeah they're finally coming to town with a with a Halloween thing I think they're trying a couple of new – I think they were going to put some new stuff on there for Halloween. Obviously, Shutter's already doing that. We've got the, the next season of Creepshow started, and then Amazon's yeah. doing it as well. So everyone's coming to the party with the Halloween, the October content now. Yeah. Except for uh, Apple Plus and Paramount Plus.
0: Yeah. And, look, <clears throat> yeah, I'd see clear of it. I only got it for – you know, I got a quick, quick go of it because my daughter had signed up, and she had a couple of weeks left on it. And she said, look – Give it a go and see what you think. No, no, thank you. Certainly, you need to give me something if you want me to sign up to it. Mm. Uh, and I think if you're coming this late to the party, you need to come with chock a block full of fresh stuff. Like, it's gotta, you've got to have spent two years worth of time prepping for it.
1: That's right. You've, you've rocked up to the party. We've already been in full swing. Everyone's already sourced up, and you've walked in the door with a with a fucking six pack of Oatinger, mate. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. already gone. We've already gone well past the stage of people pinching your Canadian clubs and all that sort of <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Look, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a couple of Can- At that point, I'm a couple of couple of Canadian clubs short. So I will yeah. drink a couple of your Oatingers <laughs> to fill the gap. Yeah. Yeah. I won't like it though. Yeah. I'll see you now. <laughs>
1: But that's the point, right? Someone turned up earlier with a case of clubs. Somebody else has walked in with some, you know, some bent spoke or something like that, and then you turn up when we're already fucking well, well sourced up. We don't need you here, especially if you're only turning up with a six or a votinger. If you had a case, we yeah. might let you in the door.
0: And behind you is the chubby guy with a, a, a four pack of fucking low and brow. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chubie's got has got a case of lower brow. He says that if you you know if you dig deep enough you might find a couple of capital brewings or something like that. The only problem is every every 20 minutes you'll have to have a sip of Otinga to continue drinking the capital
0: brewing. No, the Chubby bloke brought a fucking pallet of Lower Brow. Nobody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> we're all <Yeah>. heading home. <laughs> what
2: <We're
0: talking laughs> a <be> turned out. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's take a break. Sorry for waffling on for so fucking long. I've been waffling on for fifty minutes.
1: <laughs> well, we're, we've got an excuse. We're in lockdown. We're, we're not only are we um, have we got a lot of time, but we're lacking the social interaction, mate. So. <laughs> 50 minutes is bloody short in those circumstances.
0: Exactly. All right, well, let's take a break, and here's the trailer for 1993's Tombstone.
2: It was a place where a man could start over, where a fortune could be made. They say every town has a story tombstone as a legend who is he
0: that's wider better name for himself as a peace officer i heard of you i'm retired you must be doc holliday you retired too not me i'm in my prime hollywood pictures presents the only real law around here is the cowboys
2: the story of wyatt Earp the first time in our lives we got a chance to stop wandering and finally be a
1: family now this is trouble we don't need if we're gonna have a future in this town it's gotta have some law and order what do you want ringo i want your blood
2: i want your soul i want them both right now he shot your brother now the time has come for justice. Guess maybe you better swear me in. And he has to live up to his reputation. You got a fight coming. I'll be, there! I'll be there! One last time. None of your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this.
0: That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. In a battle. The last charge of wide Up and his immortals. At the OK Corral.
2: Oh, my God. The West would never forget. Russell, Val Kilmer, Dana Delaney, Powers Booth, Michael Bean, Bill Paxton, Jason Priestley, Sam Elliott, and Charlton Heston. is coming to Tombstone.
0: Tombstone from 1993, allegedly directed by George P. Cosmatos, who directed Leviathan. It's produced by Sean Daniel, who produced Hard Target, James Jacks, who produced The Mummy, and Bob... Misurawski, who actually directed a TV movie called Shark Attack, and it's written by Kevin Jare, who wrote Glory. Now let me just hit you with this cast: Kurt Russell's Wyatt Earp, Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday, Sam Elliott's Virgil Earp, Bill Paxton's Morgan Earp, Powers Booth's Curly Bill. But then listen to the rest; these are the the the, the lower players: Dana Delaney, Michael Bean, Charlton Heston, Jason Priestley, Stephen Lang, Thomas Hayden Church, Michael Rooker, Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Zane, John Corbett, Terry O'Quinn, Frank Stallone, and Robert Mitchum is the narrator. Fuck that is a cast of casts. Yeah. Loaded. Budget twenty-five million. Box office fifty-six million worldwide. Little bit of trivia. Mickey Rourke turned down the role of Johnny Ringo. Now, Jared, in nineteen ninety three, was Mickey in any <laughs> position to turn anything
1: down? <laughs> I would suggest he uh, probably regretted that choice. Yes, he was not. He was not in any position to be doing that. No. Did somebody uh, tell Nicky. him? Like, did anyone tell him who'd already committed?
0: Yeah, maybe yeah. that's why he got cold feet. These <laughs> oh, oh, professionals. These guys aren't gonna put up with my fucking shenanigans.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and oh, another dear. piece
0: of trivia, Cosmatos claimed that Stephen Lang was drunk for most of the filming. Based on recent uh articles, how would you know you weren't barely there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah. It would seem that someone else did your job for you. Look, poor old Cosmatos for a bloke who has <laughs> What looks like a a pretty good resume, yeah. In terms of the fact that he's he's got a a couple of films on the resume, that are very high quality. Some people never ever reach that. The poor bugger's just just been cast aside. <laughs> basically. Well, it would turn out that everyone he works with directs his films. Well, that seems to be the case. But you never know. Like you know, from the from the stuff about. Toby Hooper and poltergeist and whatever. Sometimes this this stuff can come from a place that might not necessarily be totally true. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah but it seems to be that he has the reputation of he'll come on board and take he'll take your notes. <laughs> like, basically, <laughs> <laughs> is the way to yeah. put it. Maybe. Yeah, I think
0: that's that seems like what it is. But you know, he had three very successful movies. Hmm. This Rambo Two, is it? Was it Rambo Two, yeah? And then Cobra. Both of them were directed by Sylvester Sloan, but
1: still <laughs> <laughs> So he says, yeah.
0: So, so Sylvester says. Now, let's get into it. What was your take on Tombstone?
1: What was my take on Tombstone? Well obviously we we spoke about it, but it's gotta be one of the, the deepest casts. Ever, yeah. Like in top to bottom, like you've got someone like Kurt Russell, genuine star star power there. But everyone else, seemingly everyone that spends any amount of time on screen, has had a really good Hollywood acting career. Yes. So yeah, for, it's just um, it's pretty incredible to watch from that standpoint. Hmm. Getting them all together on twenty
0: five million dollar budget too.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I
0: mean, I know that, that a lot of them would not have been, you know, you don't get paid an absolute mozza. They're character guys, but yeah. still, there's enough guys there that tells me that money's needed to be spent.
1: That's right, and there's there's also there's probably also some people there that weren't particularly out of stage in their career where they were going to cost much anyway. So whoever was doing whoever was in charge of putting them in place has picked out a few really solid actors that continued on to to build their reputation after this, so I think it's got obviously it's a classic you know American historical sort of story that's that stood a test of time, so you know to take that fictionalize it to to an extent and sort of craft some really good dialogue pieces, just memorable dialogue pieces I mean there's some parts that that don't stand up so well, but the required kind of i guess the the western the more western Actiony type elements, yeah, they were the lines that they craft in those exchanges and prior to those those scenes happening are, are top notch, memorable kind of memorable kind of lines. It's just a good sort of rollicking sort of western western affair at times. It probably falls a little short in terms of paying off, to be honest, down the stretch. I felt. Um, watching it now, it just it just didn't feel like it had the weight towards the end, in the in the standoff sort of scenes. It, it kind of you think they're going to
0: end at the OK corral, mm. which you know my recollections were that was what was happening, but it goes on from there.
1: Yeah, but and and then even beyond that. It, it just the, the weight didn't seem to quite be there, and so then when you see that you go you look back at a couple of decisions prior to that and think oh good good things have been shifted a little, but overall it's a hell of a good time, and I've still got really sort of i still I'm still very fond of it uh I think I'll place it at a at a three and a half mate, you know the three and the, a half yeah old snake eyes it's added added to my add it to my long list of films that sit snake on eyes. that snake eyes tally there.
0: Well, I, I'm going to go a little further. I, I gave it a four. I really enjoyed it. It's only got a couple of minor hiccups. I would agree that the weight isn't there at the end because it kind of, when you don't really get the, the, the showdown between villain and hero mm-hmm. in a way, you kind of get it, but it's very quick. And, and if you're going to
1: fictionalise a story like this,
0: yeah, you, that's you you what you want right? to do, the OK Corral and shoot it out. Like, that, to me, that's where you end. With all the players at the OK Corral, that's the big end, you know. But it sort of goes a different route, which is, look, still fine for me. There's still a couple of very nice sequences after that that are handled pretty well. But it's just, you know, a super stacked cast that just delivers, all of them deliver. And, you know, to make a Western in the 90s like this, which is primarily sort of meant to be a crowd pleaser, You're right. Some of the dialogue is is fantastic, and to me, it it pretty much succeeds across the board. So yeah, I gave it four.
1: Actually, you know what? Let's bump it up. I'll go. I'm going to go four as well. When I think about the sort of pure enjoyment of it, I actually Mm. yeah, I'm probably on that level as well. So I'll go four too. First like out
0: of the gate is exactly what you said. It is a phenomenal cast. Yeah, it's just loaded. full of so many great actors, and yeah, a lot of character guys that you love, and a lot of guys that go on to have bigger careers. You know, Billy Bob Thornton's in it for two minutes, yeah. that was just it was prior Michael to him Rooker becoming a star. Michael Michael Rooker. Rooker
1: has what a couple of lines, a handful of yeah, lines.
0: For me, it's always good to see Russell. He's always committed.
1: Yeah, he's uh, dependable. He's
0: got the perfect <laughs> amount of gravitas for this sort of stuff. Yep. I love the grizzly Sam Elliott. Oh. He always fucking
1: gets me going. Is there a better match of character and actor than th- than this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't. The guy is perfect for it.
0: Yes, but the 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 ace in the deck is Val Kilmer.
1: Yeah, it's peak Valkyra. He is Kilmer. just fucking gotta be
0: absolutely fantastic, and they do such a good job to craft this kind of. Cheeky rogue, who's also he'll stand behind you, you know, like yeah. It, it, it's it's not he's not the hero, but yet you kind of want him to be somewhat, yeah. You know, yeah. there's a real great effort gone into crafting this this sort of character who's he's not meant to, he's not the 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 the, the face guy, but he kind of could be. <laughs> like I'd have yeah. been pretty fucking happy if he was
1: yeah well he's got I mean it's perfect as it as it stands, right I mean most of the best dialogue in the movie is his. yeah and he has all the moments, as you said, they craft this this rogue that you know is there's an element of him that's a little bit you know, he's a bit of a scumbag in certain in certain aspects. <laughs> but yeah. like you said, you can't help but love the guy. the shit that he starts talking about at the end too. It all yeah. holds up pretty well, like it stands up really well when you're listening to it. There is that, uh, you know, nod to our friend Maddie. There's the pathos. The pathos is there, there at the is. end. And I also loved the, you know, when he's talking about Johnny Ringo and he's kind mm. of talking about himself as well. Yes. Like just some really great stuff there, really great stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's a testament to Kilmer and the, the writing to make that character He's an important character in the story but you could have seen it getting lost because it's about Wyatt Earp and his brothers and everything. Yeah. And Wyatt, Earp, Wyatt Earp's the, the bigger character from that, yeah, you know, the legendary character from that story. You could have seen it getting lost but yeah. they just they do the right thing with it and it just works out so well.
1: You know what? I, I actually don't mind. I thought the decision for him to show up against Johnny Ringo was good. Yeah, I like that, I just think the way that it all played out, the the, the OK Corral and that followed by kind of the the revenge sort of ride, I just thought perhaps it could have been handled, you know, where it was placed in the film or the pacing of it could have been handled a little better to to, to kind of give it the weight that it was just lacking a touch. But in terms of the the decision to have him have that moment, all for it. Definitely. Do you think um, Cosmotos didn't get Klerb's notes that day? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> he, he shifted things the wrong way and Kurt's like, fuck, <laughs> he's still stewing over it yeah, years yeah, later. That's the sort of thing Russell would still be stewing over, surely. Yeah, exactly. Production design
0: is fucking awesome. The atmosphere, the Wild West look. All the clothes and the little town and all that shit, it, it, it's really well done on a $25 million budget too. So it's not a $100 million blockbuster. It's a its a smaller film. And to mm. get that look and feel right is extremely important in a movie like this, and they do it really, really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, is this possibly the
1: greatest group of cashers ever to be on film in one place? Oh. It's gotta be. It's up there. There are These t- Every is.
0: Everybody's got a tash.
1: Everyone. Basically. Everyone. And they are they're not half arsing it. They are not <laughs> half assing it in any stretch. Everyone is everyone's been growing that shit for six months minimum. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> everyone's gone method. They yeah, have all yeah. gone method on tash. If you rock <laughs> up to set and said clean shaven and told them, look, just put on a fake one, you were getting
1: booted off. Yeah,
0: yeah. You got kicked off the film. That's where Mickey went wrong. He said he wasn't willing to grow a mustache. <laughs> right, <like>, how fuck <laughs> off <then."> said
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, get rid of him.
0: And then he told the train, so I turned it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are some super tashes.
1: If he's not gonna turn up looking like fucking Grizzly Adams, then don't don't even <laughs> worry about it.
0: Hey, I tell you what. Elliot's is an absolute corker. It looks like
1: steel oh. wool. <laughs> I know. It's, it looks like, I mean, if you ever bought a sheriff on film, he's the man. I mean,
2: you hear,
1: you hear that voice telling you to cut it out. Coming out from under that fucking, like you said, uh, coming out from under that bulletproof moustache, you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. You act like Billy Bob Thornton did. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You put your gun down and you fuck off. (laughs) As quick as possible.
0: (laughs) Basically. Uh, Russell's a strong. Not a hint of gray in it yet.
1: No, no. (laughs) I love it. Power was through. there a little bit of was there a little bit of just for men on set, perhaps? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. The only one who was allowed to go with Gray was Elliot.
0: Like, oh, yeah. like, oh, fucking, yeah. Someone <laughs> yeah, approached yeah. you with a just for men, and he actually tore strips off him. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my trailer! <laughs> yeah. But Ringo and Curly Bill decided to be ahead of their time with a soul patch <laughs> a soul patch package in there which I thought was great
1: yeah. I think the even funny Doc of... has a
0: soul patch doesn't
1: he yeah, yeah the funny thing about that is you know they always presented at this time that you know sitting down at a barber and getting a hot shave is a luxury but all these yeah. fucking scumbags are getting around with soul patches <laughs> 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 I <help>. I mean, <laughs> You've been too busy sitting at the bar <laughs> drinking whiskey to worry about sitting down <laughs> in the, the chair and getting your patch <laughs> <That's> touched up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you are definitely not getting a fucking shape. you wouldn't even be able to fucking sit still. <laughs> yeah, that's <right.
1: laughs> I mean, that's exactly what we were missing. I bet there's a you know there's a deleted scene of Johnny Ringo going, "Can you just touch up the uh, just touch up the patch a little bit?" Because I'm just heading down to the brothel and I want to make sure I'm you know looking my best. <laughs> oh,
0: oh shit. Unbelievable, yeah, exactly, exactly. Nobody's getting that shit touched up. You know what, though? Those folks would have been right at home in a 90s film clip. (laughs) Yeah. Soul patches were (laughs) right. Yeah. It was like a plague. It was like a fucking plague back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah,
1: it's like a rash. It's like an, inf- an infectious rash. Side note,
0: I was not able to grow a soul patch.
1: But so, oh, extra side note, I'm surprised I didn't try one at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can grow a soul patch in two minutes.
0: <laughs> you can shave and immediately get one back. Yeah, I should have tested it out. Oh, fuck. I'm surprised you didn't go with it.
1: <laughs> still, There's still time.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, good. Oh, yeah, true. I would like to see Judging that. by Curly Bill, there's still time.
0: And let me tell you something. I've been in Lockdown for almost six is it six weeks now?
1: hmm.
2: And I've like tried that. to
0: grow a mustache I've tried to grow a beard the whole time. I started yeah. to just let it happen. I would not make it in the wild west in the realest town of Tuesday. No, I can tell you, they wouldn't have yeah. fucking time for my shenanigans. Yeah, Sam
1: Elliott would yell at you and your fucking facial hair would fall off.
0: Well, I'm also wondering whether my pubes might have migrated to my fucking shin in the last six weeks. Oh, good Is Lord. That kind of what it looks like. <coughs>
1: You're telling me you're getting the Jason Priestley treatment? A little bit,
0: yeah, a little bit. Because you know, even Priestley was going a little bit better than I was. I mean, you should have seen the sides of mine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, excuse uh, me. Shit. <coughs> All right, I sound like
0: Diopolo. I like. I like the. I actually like that little brief opening sort of monologue where they give us a quick kind of history lesson. of... Yeah. The West. And the thing I liked about it is it kind of then cuts that stuff away. You don't have to explain any of that during the setup to the opening part of the film. You don't have to explain any of that bullshit. So you kind of just set the scene that the cowboys wear the red sashes, that, you know, yep. Wyatt was a lawman in this, you know, previous part of, of the world and all that sort of stuff just to get us in. Uh, and i appreciate that because it's only, it only takes about a minute and a half
1: yeah yeah it's really good I, like leading into that opening scene it like itself is is excellent great setup it's classic mm. western stuff but you know opening the scene at a wedding and killing the people involved in the wedding really gives you a sense of how these blokes are you know the 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 types of people that you're dealing with and then not only that but they then sit down and eat their fucking wedding feast meal yeah (laughs) it's like oh shit okay (laughs) that just you know tells tells you the despicable characters we're running with they then go on and kill the priest and it also immediately puts that interesting dynamic out there about johnny ringo sort of clearly being a bit more educated than the rest of them and almost showing a bit of a disdain he also is then the one to go and kill the priest. So it kind of adds this sort of, this real kind of danger to him, showing yes. that he is, he's a cut above them and even Curly Bill, you know, you get the sense straight away that that Ringo's probably the man to worry about.
0: Yeah. And, and look, it quickly and effectively sets up your villains. It shows that they're yep. ruthless. And I, I really like that line, you go to hell, you first.
1: yeah, you yeah. Know, yep.
0: I thought that stuff just, again, sets that scene really nicely and, and opens
1: um, us up for. In the hands of, you know, in the hands of a lesser thespian in, you know, some action fair, that could have gone really badly. But, yeah. but you know, works very well. In the hands of Mickey Rourke? Well, Mickey might have been able to handle it. I'm <laughs> yeah, thinking, more the, you know, thinking more on the, you know, I'm thinking more on the, I love him, but I'm thinking more in the Dolph. Dolph Lundgren, some territories, and maybe Kevin Sorbo, definitely.
0: Oh, yeah, Sorbo, he couldn't pull it off. (laughs) I do like the introduction of Doc. He's gambling and shit-stirring everyone, and then he he gets Kate to sit down in his lap and proceeds to go, ooh, you're not wearing a bustle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not only that, but, of course, big like Adam that he's playing the hand with Frankie Stallone. I know. I know, I thought that was
0: quite amusing.
1: Yeah, I love, you know, that first the first taste of of Holiday's kind of playfulness, but also, again, that you're dealing with someone who's very capable in those situations.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I like the fact that we've also set the scene that he is sick already. We already know that. You know, from the start, you kind of know that there's, he's pale and he's coughing and all that sort of shit from the get-go. So you kind of yeah. know that, you know, this guy's also perhaps running on – running
1: on borrowed time sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, I passed this over. We we noticed it in the, you know, it was very prominent in the opening scene, but a pair of strides with cards stitched into the knees. Where can I I get a pair of those? I don't
0: know. (laughs) Hand-stitched. So these guys are taking time out of getting blitzed on whiskey and shooting people to get (laughs) hand-stitched. Leather deck son? It's as bad as having your sole patch touched up. Oh, yeah, that's like, a fashion.
1: That's a fashion choice that I probably would have made, you know, back in the uni bar days or something, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. Stitch your stitch up a hand of cards
1: on each knee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the fact that, you know, again, thinking about the time and place that Curly Bill's going out of his way to get someone to stitch a couple of pairs of hands.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And look, Curly's only sober. Fucking four hours a day. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. You've probably got to get him at the right time.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, you're probably right. He probably ro- woke up thought, fuck, who did <laughs> that? <laughs> oh, well, I don't have another pair of pants because I live in the Wild West. So I'm just going to have to It was a Western,
0: them. it was a Western gag. It was like short cheeky <laughs> in, the, in the Wild West amongst the gang. <laughs> oh, shit, you got me. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, shit, you got me and this is my only pair of pants. So, fuck, I'll just have to I just have to deal with it, don't I? <laughs> also,
0: one of those dudes had a, had, had sort of a mo, but it was it was just two little bits on the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he's definitely turned up pissed, <laughs> the barber's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's collapsed in the seat. I couldn't actually get hold of him. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. Again, I'm yeah. looking at that one and thinking, I might have to try that too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll pair it up with the Soul Patch and really sort of go all out.
0: I believe my look for Movember this year is going to be Johnny Ringo. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh well. I Ringo. <laughs> Johnny Ringo. <laughs> Yeah, you're (laughs) aiming for Johnny Ringo. (laughs) You're you're, you're aiming for Johnny Ringo. That's what you're ending up with. You're (laughs) just going to have the wisps couple of wisps at the
0: side. <laughs> no, no, I can get a decent tash going. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a fucking muffled red colour, which is weird. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, dear.
0: I really like the bit with uh, Wide Open and when he sorts out Billy Bob in the iron. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's a really cool cool sequence because it kind of shows that you know he takes no shit and he's he it also builds builds up that legendary status you know when billy bob turns up to try and shoot him after
1: yeah and i think this is this is the start of like where you know we get some patches of dialogue that you know some people have said perhaps don't hold up all that well but there's, there's sections of the film where there's just really great stuff being spewed for, like, a minute or two at a time. And this is where yeah. Wyatt Earp just spews pure gold for about a minute straight. You know, yeah. none better than you're going to do something or just stand there and bleed. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to finish it off and cut himself in on 25% of the take, just gold, Yeah, absolute gold.
0: And I love the way um, Doc Doc handles Billy Bob at the end there. He just kind of turns and looks at him. He goes, oh, you're still here. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> can go away now. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and he oh, just puts the just... gun down. He
1: goes, thank you. And like, yeah, like I was just in stitches where he, where he says, thank you. and walks off. <laughs> he's still got that look on his face. Like he's pissed off, but there's part of it. It's just like, fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just get, yeah, just, just cut your losses and piss off. Yeah. And I love the yeah. bit where, Russell steps up to him and he kind of, you see him go for his gun, but you you hear him sort of, there's a tremble in his voice. He tries yeah, to sort yeah. of say, oh, I've had just about enough of you, but you know he's shitting himself. Yep. I think, yeah, it's actually, actually a really nicely sort of modulated part of that performance because he just comes off as a real prick in the first couple of times you, you hear from him. He's mm. just yelling at people and telling them this and that. So I really like that. Yep. I absolutely love the sequence where the, you know, the um, is he is is he the sheriff? That mustachioed guy who walks around with the cane.
1: Yeah, being.
0: Kind of like the the sheriff, but he doesn't. Yeah, do he's anything. the sheriff.
1: The the yeah, he's basically everything in town, but he's pretty much just yeah, he's ripping everyone off and yep.
0: And he's like he's like ah well, uh, Tombstone will be in a couple of years, will be as big as San Francisco. And then you see these two bugs come busting out on the street and punch each other out (laughs) and shoot each other. And and, 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 uh, Doc looks at him and goes, "Uh, Very (laughs) cosmopolitan.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was good.
0: One of them comes over. He's all fucking, yeah, he looks bloody disheveled and stuff and he's talking to Wyatt. And then uh, Doc looks at the sheriff and goes, Here's two. Two sophisticates right here. <laughs> <laughs> they both look like fucking pinos. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I, I just liked
0: that shit. It was just piss funny. Like, it just, she, once again, it showed that Holiday had like a sense of humour as well. One of my favourite lines is not long after that um, sequence with regards to the sophisticates and all that sort of stuff, where they you know, ran into Johnny Ringo and Wyatt says he's retired. And then he kind of looks over at Doc Holliday and goes, are you retired? And he's like, I'm in my prime.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that initial standoff between the groups is yeah, is pretty great. Pretty great. I mean, it gives Johnny Ringo the chance to be kind of the showboat and do some pretty impressive stuff. But then to have Doc sort of diffuse it with the, with the cup, copying yeah, his humor. motions with the cup and, and the humour is just gold, just great stuff. Yeah, and the whole
0: idea that there's, there's a bit of tension in the air and even Wyatt's got the old shotgun under the table and, you know, all that stuff's sort of happening and you think it's going to blow up into into shit, but it's diffused nicely by that scene, which is mm. really good. breaks yep. the tension. Correct. The showdown between Wyatt and Curly Bill's crew on the street, after Bill kills the Marshal. Yeah. And I just love that stuff where it, just, it shows how t- cool under pressure he is, but I love how Stephen Lang kind of fronts him and he just puts the gun to his head. And then basically yeah. says, well, we'll, we'll rush you. And he's like, you'll fucking die first. Yeah. And, and the guy goes, he's bluffing. And then Lang just goes, no,
1: he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stephen Lang's character is also... Really good, underrated, but yeah. I love the way he's just full of fucking. He's just full of hot air. He's always fucking mm, yeah. telling what he's gonna do, and then as soon as the pressure hits, he's he's just he's diving for cover, or he's, yeah, he's running diving running for the cover, the or he's panicking or whatever. But then he he continues like Billy Bob's character just fucks off, and we never see him again. <laughs> Although I think I think just having a look at it and being able to pause it and whatever, I think one of the guys that they chase down might be him. But you never yeah. see him again, other than that. Whereas uh, Clanton just keeps on fucking showing up and causing shit. And then as soon as the shit hits the fan, he's fucking running. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny again. But he's just this, yeah, he's just this pest. Yeah. And look, whether he was drunk or not, <laughs> according,
0: to, according to Cosmetos, he's solid. He's solid in that role.
1: Yeah, he is. He's
2: good.
0: I really like the fact that. It's Virgil and Morgan who kind of take the lead on being, bring a bit of law and order yeah. to Tombstone. It's not Wyatt. Well, this and is where kind the, of
1: this is where the history kind of comes in, right? Because I believe in in if it's the real deal, then Virgil was the was the lawman, right? In this period of time in Tombstone, the Virgil was actually the lawman. Right. Now so again, it, I don't know my history that they, all that well, but I believe that's correct. Yeah.
0: But I really like that. It brings a little bit of friction between the brothers.
1: Yeah. And the does. whole
0: idea that, that, that you know we're we're robbing these people of their money basically while while the cowboys just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and you
1: there's know? this element of even though Wyatt is, is kinda of the revered one, that Morgan's following the good sense of the older brother. Like you've got this yes. real kind of family relationship that you can see there, just you know, just a small dose of it.
0: Yeah, and I like the way it's handled the the family sort of dynamic. It's not huge, to, you know. It's sort of they 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 break it out early, yeah. And they show that whole sequence where they look in the in the in the shop window at all of them standing side by side and say, you know, look at this, you know, we're we're together as a family. They yep. don't dig into it greatly, but it's done well, and I think that's probably got a lot to do with the actors. Yeah, the showdown, which is the OK corral, uh, is very well done. Just that whole sequence where they they all come out and they're all standing there with hands on hands on on um, on pistols ready to draw, and then fuck it suddenly on and and good old Doc yep. is cutting loose left and
1: right, fucking firing, you know, shooting yeah, shooting blokes. Filling people full of lead left and right. It's great. That's it's really, really good to watch. Sir Clanton diving for cover again, and then fucking firing yeah. with the bloody with the shotgun or whatever that he does. Like, yeah, it's it is. It's good, and I think it does set up what's coming later in a pretty good fashion. Yeah,
0: and then we again another great line is the whole "I'm your Huckleberry." Yes, classic. Yeah, it's really, really well delivered.
1: The line, the delivery, yeah, really good stuff, really yeah, good stuff.
0: All of it's really, really
1: good. And, of course, you know, being called back, it's, it's one of the great examples of, of putting something out there to call back later. Yes.
0: And that works out just as well the second time around. Yep. You know, when we get it the second time, it's just as good. The death of Morgan and Virgil getting injured, I like the fact that that kind of creates that whole... Revenge angle, um, yes. kind of, that what Wyatt basically just l- goes fucking on a tear.
1: Yeah, and that he was reluctant that time and it's kind of the thing that pushes him over the edge. Yeah.
0: And he'd always, even when they became the lawmen of the town, he was always the one who who was kind of like, yeah, you, know, you don't want to shoot anyone, you know, you, you'll never be able to live with yourself and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, with- that's right. Morgan, he's always trying to play it cool. You know, even, even before they do the OK Corral, he's like, It's a fucking misdemeanor. There's no point in going over there. You know, we're yeah, just that's start right. in trouble. We don't we we don't need to start. hmm And so he's kind of treading lightly and then the shit hits the fan with his brothers and he just fucking goes apeshit and starts killing everyone.
2: Yeah.
0: And I did like the idea that Michael Rooker, McMasters, and a couple of the others have turned their back on the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, that was great.
0: Look, we just can't, yeah, we can't be in this shit anymore.
1: I actually thought that was really, really good, the fact that, you know, he turned up and they said, you know, you're in his crew. And he was like, "Mm, not after tonight. You know, they'd crossed a line that, you know. They they pushed it too far for certain people, and I thought that uh, yeah, it was a nice little way to. Of course, it served a you know a plot purpose to have him later down the track be one of the people that that gets done in.
0: But it also sort of well, brings him a well.
1: new, wired a new crew. Correct, somewhere. it worked. It worked pretty pretty well.
0: One of my favourite lines is the uh, you know tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me, and there's oh. the whole. Um, the way it's kind of earlier on spoken about, Ringo says it at the start. It's, it's a quote from the Bible. Yeah, you know, the pale horse.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, death the, was it's riding it. another one where it's like, you know, it's, it's 45 seconds to a minute of just Wyatt Herb just spilling that stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's all right, Clanton. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it, and he just fucking unloads and and gives it that yeah. that whole bit, and finishes up with the hell's coming with me. And yeah, yeah, that's, and I'm that's really like it, where because, again it calls back. It does, yeah, yeah.
0: To what Ringo was saying at the start, I just I just think it's really well placed and and, and really well delivered.
1: And that's where your money's well spent with the Kurt Russell tossing that stuff. Yes, out. yeah. The
0: shootout at the river, when we finally see Wyatt kills Curly Bill. I just love the way he kinda gets up and just fucking starts walking out towards them into the river, just saying no, 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 and they're shooting at him as nothing's hit him. And then he just he sort of confronts Curly in the water and takes him out. Yeah. So I would I would suggest and it probably comes over into my dislikes, is it's a little bit of a letdown. Yeah,
1: it is slightly. I I mean again, I like I I also enjoyed the scene, but then when it when you you kind of get to it and you think, "Oh, that that was kind of the end of that." You're like, yeah. "All right, so what's now?" And then they hit you with the with the, the you know, the doc holiday and the Johnny Ringo, but even that just isn't the end of it. It doesn't kind of wrap yeah. it up. I just felt like that way of doing it was good, but I thought perhaps the scene at the OK Corral could have been dragged out just a bit longer and then, hmm. you know, we move into the, into the Ringo stuff. But again, it's hard to, it's hard to fault the scenes too much because they are still very enjoyable.
0: And I think they're perhaps trying to go with uh, an amount of historical, I'm not going to say accuracy, but maybe the timeline? Yeah, but I feel like- to
1: stick a little bit more to? If you're going to fictionalise historical events, then that's the perfect place to do it, right? Just stretch that out a couple of minutes. That's yeah. not really messing with the facts too much. And I felt like the Doc Holiday Johnny Ringo one wasn't that far off. I actually think the lead-up work to that could have been a bit, bit better. So I'm that's- I'll hold over that for the dislikes because... I mean, I do love that bit, though, because... That scene in general in way, is, is definitely in my likes.
0: Yeah, because you, you leave Doc laying in bed and you expect Wyatt to turn up and, and take Ringo on.
1: I can't dislike, you know, him turning up with the hat down and then kind of looking up and dropping the, oh, I'm your Huckleberry. Like, that's what yeah. we've been waiting the whole movie for. Yeah. And
0: just because kind of you've you've sort of you love Doc as a character, you kind of want him to be the hero somewhat. Yeah. You want him to take care of this because it's like we've been waiting for him to kind of step forward again. Mm. And he does in that sequence, and I really like it. And his death, which is my final lie, it genuinely hurts.
1: Yeah, definitely. And he drops some great, great stuff before that. Yeah, you know, just some, just some, you know, tugging at the heartstrings, but it does the job. You know, he's just talking about live your life and all this sort of shit. That's that's pretty general stuff, but it, it's in the context of what he'd put out, it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it works really well. Did you have any other likes? Uh, no, no, that was it. That's pretty, pretty. It's pretty like heavy. There's not a lot on the dislikes range for me. Yes. Things do get a little slow after we set up the brothers being in town. There's good sequences and there's good lines, but it slows down. We we get the whole thing involving you know Billy Zane. Yep. Uh, and the you know the show they're putting on. We get a little bit of this kind of flirtatious angle between. Wyatt and Josephine. But the film kinda of slows a little there. It's yeah, you know, it doesn't doesn't destroy it in any way, and as I said, there are good good sequences there, but it's just a little bit bogged down in some of that. Before yeah, we slightly. get back to them coming back into the law the law becoming the lawmen type of situation. Yeah. It's not bad, it's just it just it stretches itself out a little bit.
1: Somewhat, yes. I think that's probably tied into one of the things that I disliked about it too. Before I get to that, look, Kurt Russell is a, is a good-looking bloke. I'm not going to say he's not, but mm. he's not Brad Pitt, okay? No. Uh, no. Dana, Dana Delaney's character being immediately smitten, like absolutely smitten with the bloke, I'm just not sure. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah, maybe I'm not it sure. Was, I- <laughs> Maybe it was a
0: little bit clunky because maybe it was about his reputation as well. I, yeah. I, I kind of got a bit of that because she has a conversation with Billy Zane. Yes, where yes. he kind of mentions it's Wyatt Earp, you know, he's made a name as a lawman. But, yes, she kind of falls head over heels for the bloke across a
1: crowded, dusty, western <laughs> street. But I'm, I'm sure in that bar there was fucking sawdust on the floor. To soak yeah, up all the exactly. vomit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, would have bought, he would
0: have bought a bag of, a plastic bag with four VB cans in it, Jared, like I did. Yeah.
1: That was what was in his holster. It wasn't his gun. He's got a couple yeah. of VB cans hanging off his belt. But no, I think, he he, I think. well I get it. You know, when they talk about horror, it's, it's what you can't, it's what you don't see that scares you. It's what you imagine. I think it's kind of a process like that. She looked at his face, and because she couldn't see two thirds of it under the mustache, she just imagined a good-looking bloke. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. If he ever shows that thing, he's going to be all right.
1: <laughs> I think that's what it was. She looked at him and thought, mm, you know, under underneath that, there's something yeah, there. Yeah,
0: it kind of jumps, and I've got a problem with that romantic subplot. Hmm. It just it comes and goes. It kind of ebbs and flows. There's not. Yeah, it, it it doesn't last long enough, and it doesn't. They don't do enough to give me the sense that yeah, these guys, these two, could potentially be in love.
1: No, that's right. And I felt like a little bit of the exchanges, like what they were. You know, you could imagine if there's a dialogue exchange with the sort of stuff that Doc Holliday's dropping, that she gets charmed or something. But she just yeah. she steps off the wagon and has one look at. At Russell and thinks, "Oh, what a what a hunk well, of a man!"
0: Hey, well, mustache like that is fucking hard to find I mean in the, the, way the Wild West. <laughs> the way he, he put a comb through the thing, for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's right.
1: She looked at it and thought, he's touched that up and he doesn't have a soul patch. That's unbelievable. What a, what a piece. Well, the way she was looking him up and down, though, I thought I was expecting a little bit of Leslie Nielsen. I'm not a piece of meat, James. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my eyes, my, I'm up here. <laughs> He's gonna, to drop my
0: eyes on her.
1: I didn't love the way it played out so much. Uh, I just felt no it, because I, it comes, it, it comes and goes.
0: She disappears for a, a quite a period.
1: Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it was one of those things that kind of got caught, got mixed up, and I felt there was a couple of those kind of sub plots that that got a bit missing. Another example is Jason Priestley's character. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who who gets the piss taken out of him by these cowboys and then, you know, we're led to believe he, he kind of falls in love with, with Billy Zane's character. Yeah. But then his big moment is when he sees that he's dead is that he ups and leaves the cowboys. Yeah. And it's like, well, but you were doing nothing before that. You weren't doing anything other than that little moment of, of saying, you killed my friends and whatever, and this misguided stuff. But then when he kind of sees the light, he just decides that his stand is not taking part. But it's like, you spent the movie not taking part. Yeah, it was weird. It, it needed to be
0: something like almost like what happens with McMasters and that, that he needed to join up.
1: Yeah, even just to a nature. smaller degree, even just to a smaller yeah. degree, like even if he had done something to benefit the Cowboys before that, other than just being in their presence and being involved in a little bit of the backslapping, back just saying, You killed my friends, and then riding off on them is like, Well, you're just doing what you've done the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, so, it didn't seem like there was much of an arc. Yeah, and that w- that comes in that portion in the middle that you were talking about, where where some of that stuff is a bit muddy. See, Billy Zane's death also struggles
0: because he's a, he's very much a bit player, and mm. he turns up in that early sequences and then he disappears for almost an hour, hour and ten minutes.
1: I actually hour think and minutes. Uh, a little I bit forgot of in- about him. Yeah, that's right. I actually reckon a little bit of a little bit of back and forth with him and Doc might have been a a remedy for that because they're. You know, Doc had a little bit of a theatrical kind of delivery, like, yeah, and and was the one playing the what was he playing Chopin or whatever in the in the yeah, yeah, yeah. bar. I thought even just a couple of lines and showing that there's a little bit, you know, kindred spirits between those two would have yeah. just bought you. It's like wrestling, mate. You just buy a little bit of the cheap heat from from Doc's heat, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. And Zane, I for, as I said, I forgot the bloke was there. <laughs> he turns up dead, in the co- stagecoach. So I'm like, what the fuck?
1: It just speaks to the depth of the cast. I mean, w- when do you ever forget that Billy Zane's there?
0: Exactly. And look, you know, I, I was, I, I forgot he was in this. As soon as I saw him, I was like, fuck, Billy Zane. I love the bloke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Right, all, all I ever think about is him in Zoolander.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. good yeah. yeah, cool <laughs> I <laughs> It's either that for me, it either lands on that or Demon Knight. That's the that's Oh the, yeah, yeah Demon Knight, yes. That. I have to say I didn't love the music. It's, no, it kind of fit the. Was not like, rousing
0: it, enough for me? Well,
1: that's right. It fit the Western theme, but there was never a moment where I was like, "Oh shit!" The, you know, the music's really getting me pumped up here, or it just yeah, it didn't hit those marks for me all that much. No, not at all. It was a little bit <laughs> underwhelming. Slightly, slightly. Uh, apologies to all the talented musicians who put it together. it, it, just, yes. uh, it didn't <laughs> grab me by the grab me yeah. by the nads. It, it didn't <laughs> grab me by the, <laughs> the scraping, but of its claws. You uh, really hard. <laughs> Not quite, no. It wasn't. It wasn't hanging off the. Wasn't hanging off the thing and making me take notes. <laughs> um,
0: you said you had a, a, another dislike that you were going to get into with regards to the romantic subplot. Is that what you were saying before, or have you already got to that?
1: No, no, no. So the romantic one, I, I had uh one that I felt linked to your sort of pacing stuff. It comes down to Johnny Ringo. Now I love the character. But did it need a little bit more in there? Did we need more Ringo? Maybe. Because yeah, it I mean, it seemed like it seemed like in the opening scene and how it how it set it up that we kinda knew that eventually and again, if it comes down to the history side of it if people know sort of who's going to get killed when and where i think they know that the whole curly bill thing was going to happen when it did or whatever again yeah. i'm not an expert at this but it just felt like you started this really great setup with Johnny Ringo in that opening scene and then sort of confronting doc and showing that you're pretty dangerous i felt like when the cowboys were really up on the stakes again play with the fiction here and and give Johnny Ringo something to do in there yeah because i just felt like from that point where he has that that confrontation with doc we don't get any kind of demonstration of the callousness or the or the danger that he's he's posing we get fucking we seem to get tons of clanton but then we don't see ringo for ages i guess that's the hard part too
0: because Clanton's involved in the OK Corral. So is Thomas Hayden Church's character. Yes, sort of a minor character.
1: Yep. Who well, I think he's Cl- he's the other Clanton, isn't he? Is he the Cl- the yeah, yeah. the brother?
0: Yeah, he's the one who he says tells Doc that yeah you know, he's drunk and he wouldn't be able to see him. And he's like, yeah, oh, two yeah. guns,
1: for, one for each of you. I just couldn't remember whether he was actually supposed to be the the Ike Clanton's brother, and I think that's who he was supposed to be. But but the interesting part is that. None of your key villains are at the OK Corral. No, that's so, right. And, and that's okay. That's okay. But there's this escalation in the town, which Curly Bill is a part of, but Ringo doesn't seem to be in there at all. And so you, you kind of yeah. get, you know, you're attaching it to Curly Bill, but Ringo kind of sort of gets left to the side. And I feel like when the bodies start hitting the floor, Ringo's not, not there. Really involved. Yeah, he's yeah. not involved. It takes a while. We we essentially, between the initial confrontation and the, the sort of pissing contest and the I'm your Huckleberry, the scene that we, we wanted the whole movie, he's really only there when he kind of abuses them in the street while he's pissed and just had his soul yeah, patch touched it. up. <laughs> or didn't have his soul <laughs> patch touched up.
0: He's just wandered out of the barber
1: <laughs> with a skinful. <laughs> Feeling confident because the soul patch is looking good. Oh, he says, "Now's the time." Over the brothel
0: immediately. <laughs> yeah, look, it was a bit weird that he kind of gets shafted. somewhat. Yeah. When he's th- really, to me, he's the villain. Well, that's a sense, right. Because he's got the most sort of he's the smarter one. He's the guy who. Is just as ruthless, even though he's also showing that sort of disdain for this kind of group that he's in, anyway. But he's a villain for me because when he comes out in the street, he's pissed off about his buddies getting killed, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that's there's a, a, that's there's the trigger a,
0: point for me, the the flash point.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's a way that that it plays out where you don't have to do a whole lot with Johnny Ringo to still really dis, you know, really want to see both him and Curly Bill. Get what's coming to him, and and exactly, I feel that, that the whole Johnny Ringo thing is part of the reason why the scene at the at the, the creek, and then the I'm your Huckleberry scene, kind of lack a little something. Yeah,
0: because Ringo's kind of hasn't really been around much. Yeah, and his final sort of showdown is, I mean, is I'm- just a bit lackluster.
1: Yeah, correct. And, I mean, I'm talking about it a lot. In general, it's a fairly minor dislike because I still really do love that scene, but I just yeah. feel like if a little bit of work done in the middle there, which is the same kind of bit where you were talking about where you seem to lose a bit of steam, uh, I think that, that possibly could have just g- given it a little bit extra.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. My last dislike, minor, but too many montages. The back, <laughs> yeah. Like there's back to there's two montages in about ten minutes of each other, that essentially cover the same ground.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, like that they're on that Wyatt's on a tear and he's just cutting a swath through all the cowboys, and that we got that from the first one. Just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, I think that's playing through some of the uh, the historical part of it because I think there was a essentially those those things happened and then Wyatt went on this this tear to take revenge and killed a handful of those guys. So I think that's playing the nod to the the historical angle. But Mm. as we've spoken about, you you fictionalise and everything else. I mean, you cannot tell me that Virgil Earp had a moustache as good as Sam Elliott. (laughs) No, of course not. But it does hurt it because it makes it feel like that stuff's not the end you know, killing the two major villains isn't the end. Yeah, yeah,
0: because then they have that shit at the end and I I felt the end of it was a little bit again, a bit sort of like, oh, okay, when he he tracks down Dana Delaney again and they they dance in the street.
1: Mm.
0: It just didn't feel like the right way to end a movie like this.
1: Possibly not.
0: Like ultimately for me, end it with the death of Doc yeah, absolutely. And then just, just give us a quick bit of info about why Earp. Yeah. Go back to the narrator again and say he met up with Josephine
1: and they, yeah, you know, they had a relationship. Or play it out earlier, just rejig the events a little or something. I just, I yeah. don't know, it felt, and I think it's, it comes down to what you said. It didn't feel like they treated that relationship early on like something that was all that important compared to the other stuff. It felt like it was just... Saying okay, well, while he was in ter- Tombstone, he met he met this woman, and they married, and whatever, and so we've got to we've got to put that in there somewhere. Yeah, but it just didn't feel like they really we- weaved it in all that well. No, agreed. Do you have any other dislikes? No, a couple of minor quibbles about why everyone's got the shits with Wyatt when. Virgil and Morgan get shot, and I'm thinking, well, he was the one that was telling you to keep out of it. So why well, you got the shits yeah. with him? But <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> anyway, that was about it.
0: Yeah. No, nah, look, very very good film. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm glad we revisited because I had not revisited it in a long long time.
1: Yeah, it's it been really a while. Happy that we did, and it is. Yeah, it's a it's a really really fun movie to go back to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's Tombstone. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, and half a dozen other places where you get your podcasts. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and anywhere else just to help us spread the word. With regards to our next episode, keep an eye on the Facebook page for more details, but until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me podcast Australia, or contact us at ThrillMe, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.